What's up? Welcome to Bow Down, the teaching ministry of Pastor Chris Tress. Second Thessalonians, <clears throat> chapter two, and we're gonna we're gonna start in verse one, please. Hey, Jeremy, you know that picture I said last to put up? Go ahead and put it up first, please. We're going uh, to begin with the end in mind. And, and listen, if you don't remember anything, understand this. There's never going to be peace in the Middle East until Christ Jesus puts his foot down. Does it mean we shouldn't try to make peace? No, it doesn't mean that. We, sh- we are called, right? The Holy Spirit's in us, and Jesus is the truth. He is also the Prince of Peace. And if the Prince of Peace is in us, we can't say no justice, no peace. Because that's disrespecting the Prince of Peace that is in us. See, the deception that sometimes, that sounds good. No, I will never disrespect my Lord And my king, the prince of peace, by saying no justice, no peace. I have peace because the prince of peace is inside of me. If you did that, if you chanted that, just ask Jesus to forgive you. It's okay. But don't ever say that again. Because he did not get justice on the cross, guess what we have? Peace. And because the Holy Spirit resides in us, we have peace. Not like the world gives. That's what Jesus said. We have everlasting peace. We have to settle into peace this morning when these things happen. Why? Because God's already told us they were going to happen. And so prophecy brings peace. You can keep that up, Jeremy, so people just keep looking at it. But don't look at it right now. Let's look at our Bibles. 2 Thessalonians 2, 1 through 12, it says, Now concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our being gathered to him, we ask you, brothers. Now, right there, I was going to talk about the rapture, but again, go back and check the videos, okay? I don't have time. Not to be quickly, what? Shaken in mind or alarmed. You might want to highlight that if you don't have it highlighted. Why? Because the purpose of prophecy is that one of the purposes is so that we're not shaken in mind or we're alarmed. How many people over the world are alarmed right now because of what they're seeing? So verse 2, it continues, either by spirit or spoken word or a letter seeming to be from us to the effect that the day of the Lord has come. Now, I want you to flip, keep your place here, flip over to Matthew chapter 24. We're going to be doing a little bit of gymnastics this morning. And, and again, we're just going to kind of run through this because of a lot of its review for us, but some people were probably not here when we did the first Thessalonians, second Thessalonians series. And also, just so you know, the average church attender in America is one once a month. So if that's you who's a once a month today, wow, you nailed it, the right week. You nailed it. I was visiting a church in Haiti 
and they took attendance every Sunday. I like, I'm like, I think we should do that. <laughs> they also wrote down who gave what. It's like, whoa, hey. Matthew 24, verse 3. And this is Jesus talking. The, the disciples are asking in him here in verse 3, hey, hey, Jesus, will you tell us the sign of the coming and the end of the age? And by the way, we're in the end of the age. This is what Jesus says 2,000 years ago. See to it that no one leads you astray. Why is that important? Because deception is going to come and people are going to be led astray. Even the church is going to be led astray. He's talking to his disciples. See to it that, no, he wasn't talking to the 12 there, even though he was talking to the 12, but he's talking to his followers, us. This is, this is the word of God. Like there's things that are written to the people that Christ is talking to, but also what he said is true for us as well. Verse 6, you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you're not alarmed. Again, highlight that. Why? Because that goes back to 2 Thessalonians where we just, and what was Paul saying? He was saying, don't be alarmed. Don't be alarmed. And Jesus is saying, don't be alarmed. Listen, the New Testament books are built off everything that Christ said. And by the way, the New Testament books are Christ speaking, all of them. But Paul is built, he is saying the same thing Jesus said. Don't be alarmed, for this must take place. But the end is not yet, for nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. The Greek words that are there is ethnos, ethnicity against ethnicity. This is why race relations... Which, by the way, there's only one race, the human race. There's different ethnicities. There's going to continue to be factions and factions. There's going to be famines and earthquakes in various places. And all these are the beginning of birth pains. So birth pains, you have a contraction, so I'm told. Woo! And then there's another one. And all of a sudden, another one, another one, another one, another boom, baby, right? So they increase in number, they increase in frequency, they increase, right? So in the end, we are going to see an upticking of ethnicity against ethnicity and nation against nation. And what has Jesus said already? Don't be what? Alarmed. I want you to keep your place here. I want you to go back to Second Thessalonians. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, and we'll pick it up where we left off. Verse 3, let no one, what? Deceive you. Again, deception is the hallmark of the end times. For that day will not come unless the what comes first? Whew, a rebellion, an apostasy. And the man of lawlessness is revealed, the son of destruction. Who is that? Antichrist. And again, I did a whole message on the Antichrist. It's in one of those two series. Let's keep your place here. Go back to Matthew 24, and let's go to verse 12. So there's 
Why is it important to know in the end times there's going to be lawlessness? Because lawlessness produces something. Matthew 24, 12. And because lawlessness will be increased, right? We don't need police. Lawlessness will increase. The love of many will what? And wow, did we see that happen in the last few years. Because of the race stuff, right? The, 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 the ethnicity stuff. The, the melatonin or melanin. What, which one is it again? Some of you are asleep already. Um, we saw great division in the body of Christ. We saw things come in from the world into the church that caused major division. White people are the oppressors. And Marxist ideology came through. The, and it caused this. And this is, this is why, as a church, wow, we've got to be ready for this stuff. And unfortunately... Just as a pastor, during that time, I was called a racist, I was called an oppressor, I was called uh, all kinds of names, right? But the church, this is what's, and by the way, those from outside the church were calling me that. But what did Jesus say for us to do? Wisdom's justified by her children. You'll recognize the, the, the tree by the what? By the, by the fruit, and so these judgments and accusations come and we're not, we're just kind of looking at somebody's skin and, and we're not looking at the fruit of their life. Guys, that's, that stuff's demonic. That's demonic. In, in Corinthians, I think the second book, it says we judge no one according to the flesh, not even Christ. We don't regard him in the flesh any longer. Like, guys, there's no Jew, no Greek, no slave, no free. We are all one in Christ. We are one in Christ. But yet we allowed voices from the outside to come in and build walls up that Christ already tore down. Ephesians chapter 2. He created one new man destroying the wall of separation, but yet the voices from the outside said, no, 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 you got to build these walls back up. And so division happened. And when that division happened, the love of many grew cold. There's people that don't talk to me anymore because they felt like I was at the, on the wrong side of things. And instead of walking with love, and then we had the division over vax and mask and all that kind of stuff. And the vitriol coming from news, if you don't take the vax, this is an epidemic of the unvaxxed. You're the problem. You're the fault. You're, you're not loving your neighbor. And there was this condemning voice that came over those who prayed, may have prayed, and said, okay, I don't feel led to take the vax. And by the way, I never took the vax. Come to find out. 
Data has come out that natural immunity is 13 times stronger than the vax. And so the world's philosophy was wrong. And so if we're the pillar of truth, we're the pillar of truth, we've got to be discerning of where we're getting information, where we're getting truth, where we're getting things, right? And making sure, wait a minute, is this what God is wanting to do? Is this what's lining up with God's word here? Now, if you got the vax or didn't, I'm not judging that because that's between you and the Lord. I'm, I'm just saying, don't, don't tell me I'm not being loving. Don't condemn me for a choice that I made because I felt led to do so. Those judgments, what did those cause? Division and the love of many what? Growing cold. You're telling me I'm not being a Christian because I, I won't get that. That vax, okay. Okay. Chris, why are you being so controversial? Because <laughs> I'm pointing to what happened, guys. Did that happen or not? Did all that kind of stuff happen or not? Yeah. And listen, the non-vax people were calling the vax people morons and this and this and that. So listen, it's going both ways. And listen, this is why it's important. We can both be right and be wrong. Maybe not both be right. See, when I argue with my wife, I'm always wrong, but she's always right, but she can be wrong because she's winning in the wrong spirit. I told you so. Wrong. (laughs) Do you want to be right or do you want to be reconciled? Christ wants us to be reconciled. Matthew 24, 12, lawlessness will increase, the love of many will grow cold. There's going to be a decrease of love in the world. Decrease. Don't be alarmed. Expect that's what's going to happen. And this is why the gospel is so important. Because when somebody acknowledges that they are a sinner and they understand they are in need of a Savior to cover their sins and they repent and they believe in the name of the Lord Jesus who died and was crucified and rose again on the third day and is alive every more. When you put your faith and your trust in Christ, all of a sudden the Holy Spirit comes in you and you might want to write this down, Romans 5, 5. It says that the agape of God dwells in us through the Holy Spirit. Those with Without the Holy Spirit, cannot walk in the agape of God. They're incapable. In the Greek, there's different loves. There's eros, there's phileo, like brotherly love, Philadelphia, Rocky. But agape, that's the love that comes through the presence of the Holy Spirit that says, I will die for you. That I, will, I, I am moving towards you for your best interest and not mine. And again, I quoted this verse in John 10 earlier, right? Jesus, he's talking about true shepherds. And true shepherds, when they see the wolf coming, they'll lay their life down. But a hireling, when he sees the wolf coming, he's, I'm out of here. Why? Because it's just a J-O-B. What is that? That's eros. I'm here because I'm getting paid.
13, but the one who endures to the end will be saved. We're called to endure, saints, to not be under deception, to not fall away. Let's go back to 2 Thessalonians, please. So he continues on for verse 3. The son of destruction, which is the Antichrist, who opposes, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 4, who opposes and exalts himself against every so-called God or object of worship so that he takes his seat in where? The temple of God, proclaiming himself to be God. Now, I want you to go back to Matthew chapter 24, verse 15. Again, how you see that Scripture is aligned with one another. So, again, Jesus is saying this to his disciples Matthew 24, 15, it says, when you see the abomination that causes desolation spoken of by the prophet Daniel, standing in the holy place, let the reader understand. What is the holy place? That's the temple. So church, the temple in Israel is not up yet. It's not built yet. I've said this before, and again, this is a belief. This is kind of commentary I've spent more time on it when we went through Revelation and First and Second Thessalonians, but it's my personal belief that there's going to be a peace treaty in Israel so that the Israelites can build their temple. I believe that that's coming. It could come from this conflict. And there's going to be a seven-year treaty that halfway through, the Antichrist is going to break that. If you go online and research the Temple Institute, they have all the money raised. They have all the artifacts built. They're just waiting for a piece of land to begin building the third temple. It's going to happen. Or else Jesus is a liar. Kind of don't want to be on that side, right? And Jesus says, when you see this happens, flee to the mountains. <clears throat> let the one who's on the housetop don't go down to get what, what, what is in his house. And, and let the one who's in the field not turn back to take his cloak. Alas, for women who are pregnant in those days, who are nursing infants in those days, pray that your flight might not be in winter or Sabbath, for then there will be a great tribulation. So I want you to highlight that. Great tribulation, such as has not been from the beginning of the world until now. Some people believe that this already happened when Titus came in in 70 AD and destroyed the temple and Israel fled. I don't believe that because of this verse right here. It is saying that there is going to be a great tribulation. And so much so, verse 22, if those days had not been cut short in the tribulation that's coming, no human being would be saved. But for the sake of the elect in those days, it will be cut short. And I submit to you that never happened in 70 AD. I want us to go back to 2 Thessalonians, please. Chapter 2, we're now at verse 5. Do you not remember when I was still with you, I told you these things? And you know what is restraining him now. I want you to highlight what is restraining him out so that he may be revealed in his time. So the Holy Spirit is holding back the revelation of the Antichrist 
For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work, for he who now restrains it will do so until he's taken out of the way. I want you to highlight restrains. Why? It's the second time in in verse 5, verse 6, verse 7. It's the second time we see it. There is a restraining that's going on, and it will do so until he is taken out of the way. We are filled with the Holy Spirit as the church. And us, as the church of Jesus Christ, the bride of Christ, the body of Christ, we walk with the Spirit of God. It is why I remember a time I rolled up into uh, uh, pick up a kid. Dad was outside, and he was holding a bud. That's before bud got canceled. And when he saw me, he put his, what was that? That was the presence. <laughs> that was the presence of the Holy, Holy Spirit. Just like, oh, people cuss around. Oh, I'm so sorry. Has that happened to you guys? Evidence of the Holy Spirit, right? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cuss. I don't care if you cuss. Now, Jesus does. He said every careless word, you're going to be judged. No, some top come out of your mouth. Blah, blah, blah. I can give you some verses, but you can cuss. You can cuss between you and the Lord. I'm not judging you. But what is judging them? The presence of God that's in us. It's restraining evil. It's restraining evil right now in our world. It's restraining evil in the public school system. When some of these pornographic books are coming in, there's this presence like, no, you're not going to read those to our kids. It's restraining evil. We restrain evil everywhere we do. Everywhere we go. I'll never forget, a staff member told me from a grandmother, I don't let my kids come out to the park unless Urban Youth Impact is there. Why would she say that? Because we are the ones walking in the spirit of Christ, pushing back and protecting the little kids, not letting them fight, not letting them, right, bringing joy and peace into a community. And the grandma recognized that. So Jeremy, if you could put up the the peace festival picture, it has a... uh... So this was a screenshot that I just grabbed because this video has just recently uh, surfaced and there was a rave that was happening. And when the, the video panned, and I would have played the video, but it had inappropriate females dancing around, I didn't want to do that to the church. So I just screen dropped. I took this picture. But what's interesting is it started there. Rave, drugs in Israel. And the, one of the girls that you saw naked in the back of the van, just wearing her underwear, She was at that rave. She came from Germany. They grabbed her. Next picture, Jeremy. You ever heard of this group? It's called Kiss the Devil. That's a song. It's a song by Eagles of Death. It's a metal band. And listen to this, and Lord forgive me as I read this. It says, who will love the devil? Who will sing his song? Who will love the devil and sing his song? I'll love the devil. Do you know 
they were on stage in 2000, I think it was 15, when they came in to a concert in France and shot up and killed 90 plus people in France. And everybody was putting flags on their, on their posts, I stand with France. This, this, is, this was the concert. And then, why do I put those two things up? We have a role with the Holy Spirit. Not that evil can't come in. We see evil can come into churches. But, man, when you kick the Holy Spirit out, the Holy Spirit is the great restrainer. I want you to go to 2 Thessalonians 2, verse 8. It says, And then the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord Jesus will kill with the breath of his mouth and bring to nothing by the appearance of his coming. Jesus wins, guys. The coming of the lawless one is by the activity of Satan. And you might want to highlight all power and false signs and wonders. With all wicked deception, there's that word again, deception, for those who are perishing because they refuse to love the truth and be saved. When someone doesn't respond to the truth of the gospel, they're refusing the truth. God loves them. So much he sent his one and only son to die for them. So that whoever believes will have everlasting life. On a personal level, if I gave my only son to die for someone. And you're like, hey, whatever, man. I might be just a little bit upset. Now, I do what no one should do is try to think God's not like us and his grace and his love continues to extend and he desires that none should perish. But if you've been pushing away, Jesus, listen, that is his only son who died for you because you and I, we were sinners. We are sinful through and through. And it was his love, his love, his love. And so... This deception's coming for people that they, 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 they refuse to love the truth. Therefore, verse 11, God gives them what they want. See, therefore, God sends them a strong delusion, a delusion, a deception. Same thing. They're, they're under delusion. I want to remind you of the Bible, right? Pharaoh hardened his heart, so then God hardened Pharaoh's heart. I will give you what you want. Romans chapter 1, like these people exchange the truth for a lie, and they gave up natural, natural created relations to do what ought not to be done. Depraved of mind, the Bible says. And so God gave them over. In chapter 1 of Romans, read at your own times, it says God gave them over. God gave them over. God gave them over. He's going to give you what you want. And this is why today's the day of salvation. Do not harden your hearts. Keep pushing off God. Oh, Jesus, you know, I have my own truth. Listen, truth 
is not something aspect, just, just kind of a, a thing. Truth is a person, and his name is Jesus. Jesus said, I am the truth. I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. That is truth. That is exclusive. There's only one way. And you say, I got my truth. You're saying to Jesus, you're wrong. Maybe you're here today because you've been doing that. Just like, no, I'm not going to bow to Jesus. No, I don't think. I just believe God's going to, if I do enough good things. And the Bible is very clear. There's no one that does good. There's no one. There's no one. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Every single one of us. We've disobeyed God's commands. Verse 12. So God says that they may believe what is false. So there's a delusion. He gives them what, he want, what they want. This is why it's don't harden your hearts, guys. Verse 12, in order that they may be condemned who did not believe the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Let me just say this. Every atheist, every agnostic, what's really going on at the depth of it is I want to do what I want to do. I want to do what pleases me. I want to live for myself. Do you know the only command in the Satanic Bible is this? Do what thou wilt shall be the whole of the law. Forgive me again. The second time I'm doing devil stuff. We're exposing the enemy. Do what thou wilt should be the whole of the law. That is what is in every rebel's heart. That was in my heart, which is why I heard about Jesus when I was little. But Jesus, I have my own way. I have my own truth. I have my own life. I like this stuff. I don't want to stop doing what I want to do. Jeremy, put up the Trump picture, please. I saw this and I thought it was funny because sometimes things don't time very well, do it? This is why truth is truth. And here's where our church was. Some of us, and many of us in here, may be just waiting for Trump to build that wall back. And there's not the same kind of wait for the return of Christ to come. And our hope is in the political. And what if we missed what the Spirit was doing? Romans 13, God puts all authorities in place. And so Biden has a policy where a lot of people are coming in. Some estimates, three to five million. We don't know because we don't know. And what if, as a church, instead of arguing about this stuff, we said, Holy Spirit, what are you doing? Oh my gosh, let's shut down foreign missions and let's put up missionaries so that we welcome people that come in with the gospel of Jesus Christ. They're coming here, they're coming here, they're coming here. Now, still support Livingston Mission, right? That's the Holy Spirit, would, he would not. But, but, but were we discerning enough to kind of see that 
And what if those people got saved and born again? All of a sudden, they're, they're doing something illegal, and so the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. So they would have had to say, hey, I got a report because I'm a Christian now, and I can't be in, in somewhere illegal. And what if when they went to the sanctuary cities, they began to preach the gospel in those states? got saved, and we experienced the greatest revival in our nation. What if that was God's plan, and we missed it? (sighs) Kingdom over everything. Kingdom over everything. I want you to turn to Genesis 12, 1. This is where your your history lesson needs to be founded in, the truth of God's word, so that we're not moved like the rest of the world, fighting about the wall. We're people that understand and are discerning of the times, and we go to the Lord first, and we go to his word, and we say, okay, God, what, 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 what do you want me to do? So people are like, hey, are you standing with Israel? Are you standing with Palestine? First of all, let me just say this very clearly. Joshua chapter 5, I'm always on the Lord's side. I'm always on the Lord's side. Always. Those in Israel, about 98%, don't know Christ as their Lord and Savior. They need the gospel. And I pray God gives it to him. Hamas, all Hamas is is a, is a rebirth of Saul who was trying to kill Christians back in the day. And God knocked him off his horse while he was going to hunt down and kill Christians and saved him. So I have the same amount of compassion and love for both. Both need the gospel. And so that's where we start. But then we also have to understand Roman Genesis chapter 12. God calls Abraham. I'm going to make you a great nation. There's this land that I'm going to give you, verse 1. Verse 2, I, I, I will bless you and I'll make your name great so that you'll be a blessing and I'll bless those who bless you and him who destroys you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. I want you to go to Genesis 15, please. So that was a promise, and that was a covenant to Abraham. God made a covenant in Genesis chapter 15 to Abraham. Excuse me. He makes the promise in chapter 12. He makes the covenant in chapter 15. And I want want you to pick it up in, in, in verse 15. As for you, you shall... You shall go to your fathers in peace. You shall be buried at a good old age. You shall come back here in the fourth generation after the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet complete. When the sun gone down, it was dark. And on that day, verse 18, the Lord made a covenant with Abraham to your offspring. And Jeremy, put up that picture, please. I will give this land from the river of Egypt to the great river Euphrates. You see that promise in Genesis 15. 
you see the red, right? And so this is the Nile River, and that one over there through Iraq is the Euphrates River. That was God's promise to Abraham. Do you see that little red state there? It's about the size of maybe New Jersey. That is where Israel is now. So whose land in it is it? It's the Lord's, because everything belongs to the Lord. But God made a covenant with Israel. Go to Genesis 26, please. Verse 3. And so God made this promise to Abraham... In chapter 12 and chapter 15, now he's re-bringing up the same promise to Isaac, who was Abraham's son. Verse 3, I'll be with you, I'll bless you, for you and your offspring I will bless, I will give all these lands, and I will establish the oath that I swore to Abraham your father. I will multiply your offspring, and he keeps going. I want you to go to Genesis 35. Now, God's re-going over his covenant promise, not with Abraham, not with Isaac, but now with Jacob. Why is this important? Because God is the same yesterday, for, today, and forever. He does not change. He made a covenant, and he's going to keep it. Genesis 35. The land that I gave, verse 12, the land that I gave Abraham, Isaac, I give to you, and I'll give the land to your offspring after you. After you. I want you to go to Deuteronomy 11. Deuteronomy 11. I want you to look at verse 8. Now here is Moses and the children of Israel. They are moving through the wilderness and they're about to go into the land to take it. And here God is speaking to them. And here's what it says in verse 8. You shall therefore keep the whole commandment that I command you today, that you be strong, that you would go and take possession of the land, that you are going over to possess, that you maybe live long in the land that the Lord swore to your fathers. Who's the fathers? Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The land flowing with milk and honey. I want you to look at verse 12. This is a very important verse. A land that the Lord your God cares for. The eyes of the Lord your God are always upon it. From beginning of the year to the end of the year, God's eyes on this land. I want you to go to Joshua chapter 21. Verse 43, Joshua 21, 43, it says, Thus the Lord gave Israel all the land that he swore to their fathers, and they took possession of it, and they settled there. The Lord gave them rest on every side. So we see throughout the whole Old Testament right there that this is what God was doing. I want you to turn to Luke 21, please. Luke 21, 24, and then the plane is landing. I want you to understand some things. Jeremy, if you can throw up, please, the Arch of Titus. So here's the Arch of Titus. Titus, Titus, he came in in 70 AD, and he destroyed the temple. He killed millions of Jews, 
And not only that, but he took many captive back up into Europe. And this arch is in Rome, and look at what's there. You have these Israel slaves that were taken into Europe. They were there for a long time, and then the Holocaust happened. The world felt bad for Israel. In 1948, they put them back in Israel. But not only did they go up to Europe, they also went into Africa. Jeremy, next picture, please. So here we have in 2022, these Ethiopian Jews that have been south in Africa and they were flown back to Israel because not only did the Jews go up into Europe, but they also went into Africa. And now they're coming back. Listen to this prophecy by Jesus. Luke 21, 24. He's speaking of the end times not the end times, but he's speaking about Titus of Asphazian coming in in 70 AD, destroying the temple, burning it down, and taking Jews to Europe, to Africa. They, they spread out everywhere. And listen to what he says. They will fall by the edge of the sword and be left captive among all nations. Say all nations. All and Jerusalem will be trampled underfoot by the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles are fulfilled. I want you to put 1967 right there. Again, prophecy is so that we're not alarmed, that we realize what's going on. It's going down just like this little carpenter. The carpenter, remember, he's not little. He prophesied, this rabbi, this teacher, said at the end, man, people are going to be scattered. And they've been gone for 2,000 years. And guess what? They're back now. Jesus said that they were going to come back to the land. What does that mean? The times of the Gentiles are almost over. And we need to be aware. We need to be awake about what's about to happen. Guys, listen, this is, and I know I'm over. Actually, let's go to Zechariah chapter 12. And some of you are like, come on, Chris. We want to worship. We are worshiping. We're worshiping. Because we're getting you ready to meet the king. He's coming soon. He's coming soon. The clock is ticking. It's ticking. It's ticking. It's ticking. Zechariah chapter 12. Help me, God. Help us. I know this has been long. This is Zechariah speaking of the end times. The oracle of the word of the Lord, verse 1, declares the Lord who stretched out the heavens and founded the earth and formed the spirit of man within him. Behold, I'm about to make Jerusalem a cup of staggering so that all the surrounding peoples, a cup of staggering, everybody around Israel isn't going to know what to do. Like a cup of staggering. It's like we're, 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 we're drunk, we're intoxicated. What do we do with Israel? And the siege of Jerusalem will also be against Judah. And on that day, I will make Jerusalem a heavy stone for all peoples. All peoples, yeah. Why is America involved? Because it's a heavy stone that we're trying to solve. Why is the whole world involved? Because it's a heavy stone. This was written before Christ was born, by the way. This is what separates the Bible from every other book. 
All who lift it will surely hurt themselves. This is why I'm against the two-state solution. And all the nations of the earth will gather against it. Uh Uh-oh, America. The flag, we, we remember, listen, we pledge the allegiance to our king and his kingdom above our nation's kingdom because the Bible says America is going to turn against Israel. On that day, declares the Lord, I'll strike every horse with panic and rider and mattis, but for the house of Judah, I'll keep my eyes open when I strike every horse of the people with blindness. And the clans of Judah shall say to themselves, the inhabitants of Jerusalem have strength through the Lord of hosts, their God. And on that day, I'll make the clans of Judah like a blazing pot in the midst of wood, like a flaming torch among sheaves, and they shall devour to the right and to the left, and all the surrounding peoples, why Jerusalem shall again be an inhabited place in Jerusalem. And the Lord will give salvation to the tents of Judah first, the glory of the house of David, and it continues on talking about Israel. And I want you to go down to verse 10. And I will pour out on the house of David, the inhabitants of Jerusalem, a spirit of grace. Oh, man. Please for mercy, so that when they look on me, on him whom they've pierced. Who's talking there? That's Jesus who wasn't even born yet, as they look on me, the one that they pierced, they shall mourn for him as one mourns for an only child and weep bitterly over him as one weeps for the firstborn. God is gonna open up the eyes, Romans 9, 10, and 11 of Israel. Right now, they're not open, they're blinded. This is why we pray for them. This is why we pray for Palace, the, the, the Hamas. This is why we pray, God, the gospel, the gospel, the gospel. But we've gotta pray for Israel that God would open their eyes. I want you to, Jeremy, look at, put up the Hamas thing, please. The Hamas motto is this, we love death as much as the Jews love life. That's their motto. The simplicity of this situation is that one side wants peace and the other side wants to wipe Israel off the map. And that would be the side of Hamas. Uh, Jeremy, if you could put up the picture of the tanks. This happened in 1948, where all of the nations gathered around Israel because the Israelites were brought there, and all of these Israels tried to wipe Israel off the map and run them into the sea. They've never given up that. In 1967, go ahead and put up Nasser, please. He's the leader of Egypt. He wanted to destroy Israel. So there was another war just like that when all, in 1967, they attacked Israel. And by the way, when that happened, Israel took Jerusalem. And so as a clock ticking, when Israel took Jerusalem and took control of Jerusalem, Jerusalem will be trampled on the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles are fulfilled. 1967, the clock started ticking. 
We have to be ready, and we have to know what is going on. The surrounding nations, many of them have joined together to say, we will not recognize Israel, there will be no peace with Israel, and we will not negotiate with Israel. They do not have a right to exist. And so for me, I want us to understand, you're going to hear a lot of things that are just not true. If Israel laid down their weapons today, the nation would be destroyed. If those red nations laid down their weapons today, there would be peace. And that's just the truth. And if you believe under, otherwise, you're under a deception. And I'm not mad at you. I love you. That's why you're here today. God loves you more than I could ever love you. But it's time to come out of the deception, not getting our news from the news, but getting our news from the Bible and our facts from the Bible so that we can see what's going on. If you don't have a foundation in this, you don't understand what's going on in the world. You're, you're clueless, Right? And so in our, in our secular universities, it's pro-Palestine. Do you know there's never been a Palestine? They're training a generation to hate. We want to be a place that trains to love. I'm on the Lord's side, but I also understand prophecy and what is happening. And we need to pray for Israel. We need to pray for them. And so with that, let me close. Father, we thank you for today. We pray for Israel. We pray for what's going on. We pray for those in the Gaza Strip that are dying right now. We pray for those that have been taken captive. We ask, God, that you would would release those that are being held captive. Please, God. We pray for the peace of Jerusalem. We pray, God, that, that you would awaken all of those in the Middle East, to the glory of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We pray, God, that you would just move in power. Have mercy, God. Have mercy. Have mercy. And I thank you for your cry that you desire none should perish, but that all may come to eternal life. And so, Lord, if there is anybody that is here today that has been hardening their heart against you, saying, no, 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 I pray, God, that these prophecies, which are coming true in our time, God, that they would awaken your people to come and bow down before you, King Jesus. Because everything's happening just like you said it would happen. And that is why we worship you. That is why we sing to you. That is why we adore you because you are worthy, Jesus. And your word is true. I pray peace over everyone here that we would be aware and not under deception. Jesus, you are the truth. And so we want to check with you first with our whole life. Come and minister to us as we minister to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for visiting us today. Make sure to check us out online at www.bowdownchurch.com.